Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoked Podcast, Easter Sunday edition. I'm your host, Alex Bullship One. I got my boy Holt Smash on the other line and Mr. Tinder King of Memphis, JB himself. Holt, what's up? Not much, man. I'm just going to try really hard not to sneeze. My my allergies have been really bad. You, you take anything for that? No, I don't. I need to. Yeah. I used to take like Flonase and stuff like that, but... I don't know, dude. There really is no, there really is nothing worse than a sneeze that you feel like you have to you have to sneeze, but it just won't come out. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, hold, we're going to start this over because Jamie's not joining. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I, oh, no, there, there he is. <laughs> Mr. J.B. No, just, we're just gonna we're just gonna roll with it. Just keep going, Mr. Mr. Tinder King of Memphis. I'm here, boys. Uh, how did I miss? How ready are you? Or excuse me, are you ready for this show? In the words of SpongeBob SquarePants, I'm ready. No, J.B. No, J.B. How are you ready for this show? Hell yeah, damn right. <laughs> no, J.B. More time. <laughs> you you had it. You had it right earlier. JB, okay, are, are you ready? Don't be funny. Let's just get the show on the road. No, no, JB. I want to hear. Everybody wants to hear you sing. You were singing earlier. What was I singing? JB, it was like thirty seconds ago in the text. JB, are you ready for this? Oh show? yeah, hell yeah. Turn it up. Ride on. Hell yeah. Sounds good. Sing that song. <laughs> Guitar man, man. We're um, we're honestly we're gonna have to we're gonna take a moment of silence for our our brethren. At the Electric Cowboy in Memphis, no longer, no longer there. Uh, once a, a powerhouse in Memphis, no longer there. But is it the same Holt? Is it the same now, or is it not the no, same? No, it's not. It's not as good as it used to be. Yeah. Is uh, I think it's called like Whiskey Jacks or something. Whiskey, like that now. yeah, yeah. I was trying to and think about just, it the other day. It's just not the same. Yeah. And uh, I actually found out. I mean, I don't know if I texted y'all about this or not, but uh, I actually knew someone who uh, was the doorman. There and I guess when we went, I just didn't recognize him. But uh, one of the guys that was checking our IDs at the front is actually a guy I know from high school. No, from his his mom or some mom. Oh, everybody works. Your, everybody works your mom. That's like a, it's like I, I feel know. like everybody works. My mom used to work. My mom is living her best life now. Was I right, JB? Living her best life. She is living her best life. Go yeah. Gloria. Go Gloria. Um, all right, so let's let's do a little rundown of the show before we get into ranting about whatever we want to rant about. Um, so we're going to talk about, obviously, college football, um, probably mostly reacting to the ESPN FPI rankings, uh, preseason rankings, which has, I think, 10 SEC teams in the top 25, which is kind of crazy. Not too crazy, but um, some of the teams in the top 25 might uh, seem a little crazy at the time right now. Uh, so we're going to react to that uh, and then talk about some other sports before that, getting into it. Uh, obviously, SEC baseball is big. Looks it up. We have nine SEC teams in the top 25. No surprises there. Um, SEC softball is good as always. Haven't looked them up, but I'm sure they're still pretty good. <laughs> and uh, we can still talk. Slight, slight question I had about college basketball. So let's uh, let's get into it first real quick about this uh, college basketball I had. Um, and JB, JB wants to make sure I give uh, Michael a shout out for winning the college basketball bracket challenge we had, bracket contest. 
which I don't know if JB uh, should we give him anything? Should we give him uh, like a free drink or something? He he did what? ask us to to say something. Like well, uh, we should maybe yeah, like he's, he just said that he's Michael's a big Ole Miss fan and he just wanted to say that uh, he's glad that he finally won something because Lord knows he needs it with the way Ole Miss has been. You know, it's funny. I haven't hung out with Michael as much as you have, and probably not as much as you have either, JB. But whenever I was hanging out with Michael, it was back when Ole Miss was good in football before they got uh, caught with everything. And they were beating Oklahoma State in the well, – what bowl was it? It was a New Year's it was a Sugar Six. Bowl. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say it was. But it seems like that was too good. But it was a Sugar Bowl, right? New Year's It six. was. Yeah, so that was uh, look on Treadwell. Shout out to him. Um, but, yeah. Crazy, crazy time. So, um, almost hasn't ever won anything, I guess, but they were good at that point in time when I remember Michael. Um, quick question, JB, because uh, we're not going to talk too much about college basketball, but question I had, I don't know when this developed, but I think it was last week when uh, your boy Rick Barnes was the top candidate for UCLA. He ended up turning down UCLA um, and staying at Tennessee. And a couple of uh, updates to that story has come about. Um, I guess just who Rick Barnes is, how honest he is, and how transparent he is. Um, somebody asked him, uh, why didn't he take US- UCLA, or what would it have taken for him to take UCLA? And he said he prayed about it, and then he ended up not taking it because UCLA didn't want to pay Tennessee's buyout. How does that make you feel as a Tennessee fan, J.B. Root, for Rick Barnes? Oh, it doesn't really change my opinion at all. I mean, at least he's being honest about it. I mean, you know, most coaches – are mercenaries and they will flirt with other jobs all the time. And, and when they do, they're not honest about it. They'll just say, there's nothing to it. They'll say, you know, next question, you know, they just won't be honest about it. So, I mean, I can't really fault them for being honest, although I think it's really good. It could hurt him uh, in the future. With a fan base. With a fan base. It hurts his goodwill that he's built because he has, he had all the goodwill in the world before he was honest about it. But, you know, I'm not going to fault him for it. But if there comes a time, you know, in the future, like, like next season, if they hit a rut and they struggle for a few games, there's going to be some words said. And I hope he's uh, prepared for it because it, it, it could get ugly at some point uh, just because that the reason that he flirted with the UCLA job and was so open about it. Yes. So people are looking at this different ways. When it, he, when it first came about that he wasn't going to take the UCLA job, he was going to stay at Tennessee. Everybody's – come to the conclusion that oh Philly Fulmer is now finally realized how it's how being an athletic director works like how he finally paid up for a not a football coach but a basketball coach when he was supposed to so it was a good job by him by retaining Rick Barnes but um is that like really the story JB or is it just I mean now UCLA didn't do their part well you know when you see when you look at Rick Barnes uh, he is very open about his uh, faith and being a really big Christian yeah. And he said he openly – he prayed for it for over 24 hours. He uh, isolated himself in his house, never left his house. And you know he's actually his own agent, so he was doing all yeah. the negotiating himself. And he's kept, he kept praying to, to God and asking him for a sign. And I think the signs he got were, one, UCLA not wanting to pay the buyout, and two, all the overwhelming support he had from the uh, – local uh, Knoxville businesses and the fan base and Philip Fulmer wanting to, you know, throw the court, throw the kitchen sink at him in order to uh, retain him in Knoxville. And I think that was a sign to him by God that he needed to remain in Knoxville. His, I just trying to be faithful. I can't ever see him at UCLA. His personality doesn't mesh well with LA to me. No, so, it doesn't. And, I mean, I, I could see why he was interested in it because UCLA is a, uh, Blue blood. You know, it's it's a blue blood. It's a former blue blood. It's not anymore. Yeah, yeah, but true. It has it has the resources to be a blue blood again. Uh, you know, their fan base has been kind of iffy in the past few years. Uh, Poly Pavilion's been half empty lately. But I mean, there's so much talent out in California. He'd have access to better recruits out there. And the Pac-12 is nowhere near as tough as the SEC in basketball now. The SEC's starting to become a powerhouse in basketball. So I could see a good reason for him to flirt with that job, but the personality of Rick Barnes does not mesh well at all with the uh, culture of Southern California. So overall, I think it was a better fit for him to stay in Knoxville, especially his age of 65. And, and he, he's proven he can win in Knoxville, even with, you know, subpar players, but now he's starting to recruit a lot better. So I think he's got a Tennessee at a good point right now. I don't know if he really needed to take the USA job and go through another rebuild. Yeah. And then it's, it's funny because at UCLA, 
it seems like they reached out to everyone to be their coach and got turned down by everyone and finally got Mick Cronin, which I don't know how that's really going to work out at long term. He's, he's a consistent coach. He's got consistency going for him, but he hasn't won big in the tournament. So, and he doesn't win flashy ways. He plays that like grit and grind style, just sloppy does, defense. Yeah. Right. Physical t- and you know, the funny part that came out of this is that Rick Barnes is not only the third highest paid coach in college basketball, he is paid more now than the football coach in Knoxville, which has never happened in that program's history. Yeah, which would not happen for long if Jeremy Pruitt wins like nine or ten games this year. Oh yeah, I mean if, if Pruitt, if and when Pruitt has his breakout season, he's going to get a mega extension with huge pay raise. It'll it'll come for him. So let me switch back over to Holt here. Make sure you're still there and alive. Holt, you there? Man, I just I just thought we were done with basketball. I didn't realize that like, we <laughs> well, had to talk this, about this. This did develop recently, so we'll <laughs> we'll switch over to uh, baseball and football. Don't worry, Holt. Um, quick question though. We, we texted earlier, this is Easter Sunday podcast. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what you ate for Easter Sunday, even though you said you don't do Easter big at the, at the house. No, I don't. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, um, I'm not close to my mom, my mom and my rest of my family celebrated, uh, Easter today, but I was a little too far away. And, uh, so I actually kind of over here by myself in Mississippi and, uh, Went over to uh, Twin Peaks because they were open, and uh, one of my coworkers has been talking about it like nonstop. So I kind of started craving it. Haven't been there in like I don't know, like a year and a half. Two we years. We went to Twin Peaks, right? Oh yeah, yeah back that's in right. November. Yeah, okay, never Peaks. mind. All right. Well, I was there in November. Then never mind. Did you Did you say hey to your girl about that? No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so then like I, I I go there, I get some wings and some tater tots. It was good, and. Uh, then, you know, tomorrow's my dad's birthday, and I was like, hey, you want to go out to eat tomorrow night? And he was like, yeah. And uh, he said, you want to go to Twin Peaks? And I was like, well, it's your birthday, so I guess I'll go back again tomorrow. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, the sad thing, I mean, Twin Peaks is Twin Peaks. You get you get some nice um, visuals there. But, again, chicken wings are good, but as we said earlier, not economical anymore, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're a little overpriced. It was in a – I got two beers too, so that made it even worse. Is it under forty then at that point? <laughs> it was under. It was barely under thirty. Oh, tough. Um, yeah. So it's your dad's birthday. But I, I just I just got my tax returns though, so we're okay. Good. Okay, big doing big things. It's your dad's birthday. Does that mean you're paying for him, or are you still making him pay for you? No, I'm paying for him. Oh man, man, that hurts yeah. me. That hurts I know. me. <laughs> I know. Anyway, and then JB, you had a big Easter Easter dinner as well, or lunch brunch. I did. Yeah, I went over to my girlfriend's house and I had a really, really good uh, uh, lunch earlier. And then uh, we went to the Redbirds game, uh, soaked up the sun, uh, stayed out there for a few hours. Then uh, we went and got some Central on the way back. I got a little half-ordered nachos. So I had a really good day, a lot of good food. I suppose they were open on Sunday. I guess I was I mean... too. Uh, we weren't even really planning on going out to eat, but uh, we passed by the Central Barbecue on the way back. Why not? And saw it was open and you're like, why the hell not? Let's eat. Yeah. I'm so confused, Jay, because I thought you had something else planned for Easter. I didn't, no. Well, you, you sent us a screenshot of what you were going to get for Easter. That was for another gathering. That was for uh, my mom, mother's side. I had a gathering yesterday, and uh, we had five guys. Well, I felt like um, kind of an a-hole this morning because uh, my girlfriend is very festive and got me, the, oh, excuse me, the Easter bunny got me a basket this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, oh, looky here. And then, you know what? The Easter Bunny just decided not to get my girlfriend anything. Can you believe that? <laughs> so I was like, man, I, guess, go? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a good, good stuff from the Easter Bunny. I guess the Easter Bunny knows what I like, but I guess my girlfriend has to be a little better to get something from the Easter Bunny. Maybe next year. That's what I told her. I told her maybe next year she'll get something. <laughs> man. You'll you'll find out one day like where your girl stands on like the festive uh, line, <laughs> but she's very, very festive and like if it were up to her, we'd be like <laughs> coloring eggs and like doing Easter egg hunts and everything. <laughs> but um, I, I I just got my Easter egg basket. and I was happy with that. All right, let's let's get on to um, before we get on the football. I'm gonna ask Holt real quick about some baseball because he is our SEC baseball expert. Um, before this weekend, Holt. Mississippi State was, I think, number two in the country. We'll see. The I guess they technically still are. The rankings have Man, you picked a hell of a time to start talking about baseball. I know, I know. But 
I'm I'm gonna I guess try to lead this in the right way here for you, Holt. That's a soft landing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Before this weekend, Holt was Mississippi State the best team in college baseball, best team in SEC, best team in college baseball as well. I mean, it's just it's hard to say. I mean, the SEC is just so bloated right now, and there's a lot of great teams out west in the Pac-12 this year. And um, you know, I think Mississippi State's definitely one of the better lineups in the country. They have uh, a one and two or a one-two punch uh, with their one and two starters that are as good as anyone in the country. You know, so I think uh, you know, as far as that goes, I I definitely think they're up there. They were number two in the country, but obviously, like we're going to get to, they were swept by Arkansas this past weekend. So uh, the streak going to be dropped the... down a little bit. It was on the road, which makes it a little bit better. But you would have liked to have won uh, at least one game over there in uh, in Fayetteville. It wasn't really close, or at least one of the games I know it wasn't close. I saw the score. Um, the strength this year, I don't know, I, as as usual maybe, is in the West, right? Hold, there's Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. Vanderbilt's good, and Georgia's now good in the East, which is unusual. And even Tennessee's good, right, JB? Yeah, and, yeah Tennessee's been solid this year as well. So um, I look at the, I mean, I looked at the SEC standings and the rankings before we talked here, make sure I knew what I was talking about, but. Um, like I see Mississippi State number two, and they're obviously going to drop after losing to Arkansas. But it's just I don't think when you get to SEC tournament, like you really have no clue what's going to happen because there's like five or six teams that probably could win the SEC tournament. Uh, LSU, for instance, has like not a great record, but they they can beat good teams. They beat they kill Florida. Yeah. Excuse me, excuse me. Yeah, my, not that right. No, the other way around. Florida killed them actually. Yeah. Florida killed them, but I LSU, only saw the first game. I saw Florida beat LSU pretty bad the first game, but I didn't see the yeah. But LSU is one of the teams that has not a great record, but still, like I just wouldn't want to <laughs> yeah, play. They're them. still dangerous, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're still dangerous. I mean, they were nationally uh, preseason ranked in the top five. I mean, they're highly dangerous. And I don't know what's happened with Florida this year because they were like preseason number one or number two or something like that, right? Holt. Holt. Sorry, man. I'm watching. Uh... I'm watching the Atlanta Braves play right now, and I'm just getting kind of frustrated. Well, well they're killing them, right? Yeah, but Matt, uh, Max Free just gave up a home run. Uh, Is the bullpen starting to do what it nah, normally does? They're bringing in uh, – they're taking out the starter right now, so it's actually a commercial right now. But That's anyway, it. Uh, okay. So, sorry for uh, for making the se- the podcast uh, secondary, but I was just yeah. – that's, that's a total JP move, actually. I know it is. And uh, I actually – because I used to work – uh, with the Braves, and so I know they got pitching, and he was pitching a really good game, and he just gave up a home run to lose the shutout in the seventh inning. Mm. I yeah, know. But, uh, Holt, what I was saying was um, Florida was number one, number two in the preseason. I don't know what ha- happened to them. Yeah, Florida's had a rough year. Um, I mean, it's kind of been a little bit of everything. They, they lost so much off of last year's team, and, you know, usually they can just reload, but they've had some growing pains this year. And um, but they still have plenty of arms. They still have some real thunder in the middle of their lineup, and you know they're definitely going to be a dangerous team when the postseason rolls around. But they're definitely struggling, uh, you know, early this season. Let's uh, switch on to the main topic of the podcast, which is college football. So ESPN came out with their preseason FPI top twenty-five, um, which I don't know how you all feel about the FPI, but I'm not very high on it. It's supposed to be very analytic driven, uh, which I am quote unquote, a numbers guy, but I just don't really love the FPI, especially in preseason. It's kind of hard to do that without any data for the year. Um, so I'd rather much rather use a subjective measure, but that being said, they released their top 25. So we have something to talk about now. Top 25 for the year. We have 10 SEC teams the top 25. Clemson's obviously number one. No surprise there. You, I'll just go through it real quick. Alabama, Georgia, LSU at two, three, and four. Florida at eight. Auburn at nine. A&M at 11. Tennessee's surprise at 15. Mississippi State is surprised at 16. South Carolina at 19. Missouri at 20. Um, so, initial reactions, JB. I think they got uh, Alabama, Georgia, right where they need to be. I was a little surprised to see LSU high at number four. I think they should be closer, maybe around the 10 range. Uh, Florida and Auburn, I think they're about where they need to be. A&M, I think they're right where they need to be. Uh, Tennessee, I don't know how the hell they made the top 25, and especially as high as number 15. I think this is all based off potential. This is not based on what we think should happen. 
Uh, Mississippi State, number 16, I'm kind of surprised they're there, too. I think they are a fringe top 25 team currently, and to see them that high, the computers really like them. Uh, Missouri at 20, that's about right for me. I think Missouri should be a preseason top 25 team in the human polls. And South Carolina, I think they might make the top 25 in the preseason, but they're a fringe team as well, just like Mississippi State. But the one team out of the 10 in the SEC that does not belong in that top 25 list is Tennessee. Yeah, and you could also argue Mississippi State as well, no offense, Holt. Um, or, I mean, some of the other teams, Missouri, South Carolina, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, Holt, I don't know how big you are on conspiracy theories or college football conspiracy theories, but I would think this is this would alarm a lot of people because um, outside the SEC, everybody has a, I don't know, a little brother mentality where people think that the college football powers – have some kind of bias for the SEC. So um, so this preseason top 25 where there's 10 SEC teams in the, in, in the top 25 and some teams that don't even belong at all kind of reaffirms that uh, SEC bias opinion. And maybe there's some kind of revenue gain here where there's more SEC games on TV than any other conference. Do you believe there's some kind of conspiracy going on here with the top 25 SEC teams here? Uh, no, I don't. And part of the reason why I believe that is just, you know, you look at recruiting rankings, you know, you look at, you know, bowl performances, you look at out-of-conference performances against other Power 5 conferences. I mean, if you paid attention to college football at all the last 10 to 15 years, I mean, the SEC has pretty much been dominant. And I think they kind of deserve uh, the benefit of the doubt in a lot of cases. And I think that they um, – I don't think there's any conspiracy. I just think that the SEC is better than everybody else not to be uh, – you know, not to be too blunt, but that's just kind of how I feel about it. I would, I would agree with that, but just again, I mean, do you, do you think, do you understand some of these rankings, like, like, like JB saying Tennessee at fifteen, Mississippi well, State yeah, at sixteen? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some head scratchers in there, but I mean, I mean, are there other teams out there that you think should be ranked like way higher? I mean, because I don't, you know, I mean, I know, I know Memphis is supposed to be really good this year, but I mean, should they be ranked ahead of? Like Missouri or yeah. South Carolina. I mean, I don't know. that's actually funny that you mentioned that because Memphis probably that Memphis might break the top twenty-five this year, but they actually I think are supposed to be on paper favored to win every single game this year. I don't think they're going to go undefeated, but they would be on paper just because their schedule is not obviously super strong or tough. But um, they are on paper to be the top 20, 25 or not top twenty-five, win every single game. Which at that point, I don't know if. Um, the college football world is going to hate Memphis because everybody hates UCF and Memphis hmm. is in the same conference or how that's going to work out. But we'll see if that happens. That's big if, but we'll see. Yeah, the, the stray outside the SEC here with these rankings, uh, the one non-SEC school that really surprised me on this list was Oregon being ranked at number 10. Like, I don't know what the computers are seeing here. I mean, I think Oregon's going to be a better team next year, but for them to be in the top 10 is way too high in my opinion. Uh, and Ohio State, what what is the disrespect for Ohio State? I know oh, everyone in the yeah. SEC, and yeah, I know everyone in the SEC hates Ohio State. I know with SEC country, that's number one enemy. But Ohio State, the respect here, they got a a ton of talent coming back next year, and uh, they got solid. Whoever whoever the starting quarterback is going to be next year, if it's Justin Fields or not, they are a top ten, top five team, and they are a college football playoff contender. To put them at number thirteen is borderline. Bullshit. When's the last time Ohio State's lost more than two games regular season and, like, not been in the top ten at the end of the year? I mean, that's that's always happened from – ever since, like, I've been around watching college football almost. It seems like Ohio State's always been great. Yeah, like, I'm just going to bat for Ohio State here. I mean, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. They've been, they've been a great program. They have pretty much ruled the Big Ten. And like you said, they don't lose more than two games per season. And I, don't, I expect that to continue next year. I mean, Urban Myers left the cupboard stacked. And I think Ryan Day is going to be able to keep it going next year. I'll, I'll say with you, JB, um, there's a lot of people now – I wouldn't say a lot of people, but um, I've heard before on Twitter, the Twitter sphere, that this might be the year Georgia finally surpasses Alabama, just given their talent level. Um, although Alabama recruits just as well as Georgia. If not, I mean, they've been recruiting better, I guess, over the years as well. But this is the year that Georgia should surpass Alabama. Do you agree with that? They're loaded. Is that Premier Holt? You, JB. Uh, I think they're – I mean, obviously, they are closing the gap in Alabama. And, I mean, I think eventually they're going to have to break through and beat Alabama. The last two games they played them, uh, they – you could easily say they had the game won. 
Uh, you know, the first game there was the uh, what was it? Uh, third and twenty-five was it, or second and twenty-five? Excuse me. Second and twenty-six. And they end up losing. Second and twenty-six. Okay, one yard is different. <laughs> so yeah, second and twenty-six happened the first meeting, and in the second meeting, uh, they go for on fourth Fake and punt. fourteen. Yeah. Fake punt. Fake punt. Yeah, really dumb play there. Lost in the game. So yeah, I mean that's two times in two games that uh, Georgia made stupid, you know, had two mistakes that cost them the game. I think Georgia is due to beat Alabama, and I th- I easily could see Georgia and Alabama both just running the table this year, and doesn't really matter who if they both run the table and go undefeated going into the SEC championship game, they're both locked into the playoff no matter who wins the SEC championship. So I mean I think you could easily see these two teams play twice this year. I think both of them are, along with Clemson, are the three best teams in the country. I don't I don't. I wouldn't put anybody else close to them. I think those three have really separated themselves, and it's really interchangeable to me between those three. I think Georgia has caught Alabama and Clemson as far as talent level, and I think they are poised to possibly break through this year. Hold, is it good for the SEC to have Alabama and Georgia at the top and play in the SEC championship every year? Um, I don't. I mean, it's kind. Of, it's a tough question. I mean, yeah, you want your best teams to be nationally relevant, but I mean, to me, I think you want more teams. Uh, kind of knock it on the door and have the potential to win the conference. I mean, I think what would be best for the conference is if there were, you know, maybe six or seven teams that were all capable of winning the whole thing or winning, the, you know, winning the conference. That is, um, you know, obviously Florida has been down a little bit. LSU has not quite lived up to their potential. And then, you know, some other programs have kind of been down that are traditionally, you know, much better. So, I mean, I think if this, when the SEC is its best, I think they should have, you know, at least four or five teams that you think could seriously compete for the conference championship. Yeah. Uh, Same with you. Uh, JB was talking about earlier that LSU at four is kind of high. Do you agree with that? And if you don't, why why don't you? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's a little bit high for me. I do agree that they should be ranked really high. I think the top three is really obvious, but I don't think they should be ranked ahead of, like, you know, Oklahoma – or, you know, Ohio State, like you guys were saying earlier, like some other teams like that. I don't think they're quite on that level, but, you know, it's kind of hard. Like, I've, you know, we were so down on LSU last year, and they ended up actually being pretty good. And But they also lose a lot. They lose a lot every year. Um, so, I mean, LSU, I could, I could really see going a lot of different ways this year. I could see them having a really good season. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it's like – Week one or week two, they're playing Texas, and they're, like, a pretty heavy favorite. Like, I want to say, like, close to a touchdown on the road. I believe it's a road game. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. So, that that was really surprising to me. And, uh, you know, I, I expect that number to come down. But, I mean, not that everything goes off of FPI and what Vegas thinks, but that's pretty uh, – that, to me, that says a lot about what LSU could be this year. Well, Texas exactly in the top 25 here. Yeah, that's about to Sorry. say, like, Texas did not even make the FBI top 25, and that's really surprising to me, too, because, I mean, after the performance they had in their they bowl game against Georgia. They didn't lose a lot, though, right? They lost a lot. Uh, not I as think much they, I think they think. lost I mean, some they, guys on defense, but I that's think what I'm saying. Offense, they... Yeah, but their offense next year should be pretty good. I think Ellinger's improved. I'm, I gave Ellinger a lot of shit last year uh, in the preseason, but he, he improved over the course of the year, and I got to give him credit. I mean, I think he's – Poised to lead Texas to another good season next year. I don't think they can uh, beat Oklahoma in the Big 12 because I think Oklahoma is going to run through the Big 12 again. And I mean, that'd probably be my fourth team to make the playoff along with Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia if the season started now. And I think that's probably what we're looking at currently. JB, let's step outside the SEC for a second. Michigan's at number five. Um, Is this year that uh, Michigan finally breaks through and wins the Big 10 and stays in the playoff? Or that's question one. Question two is, um, are you a believer in Jim Harbaugh, or do you think he should be like on the hot seat, like some people say? No, he's definitely not on the hot hot seat. Granted, he could never beat Urban Meyer, and if you're the head coach of Michigan, you are supposed to beat Ohio State. But Urban Meyer's not at Ohio State anymore, so I feel like that's the last thorn in Harbaugh's side that's not there anymore. And I, if the time is now for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan to take over that Shea Patterson, and they got the. Ta- and Shea Patterson, they got the talent to do it this next season. Uh, they got some returning, you know, pieces from last year's team. And remember last year, I picked them to go to the playoff, and they came extremely close to making the playoff until they laid an egg in the Ohio in the Ohio State game. So I think this year they might be that team in the Big Ten that could break through. 
Uh, I think it's going to be either Michigan or Oklahoma that gets that fourth slot to make the uh, the uh, college football playoff. I'm leaning to Oklahoma, but I do think Michigan's going to be right there in the mix. Yeah, I actually I like Jim Harbaugh, and I think I'm almost in the minority now because people think he's overrated. That's another that's a popular opinion now is that he gets paid all this money. He just he's on TV everywhere, but um, he's he's overrated as a coach. He's he's not he's not great. And I, I think he's actually a pretty good coach. I just think. Um, he just hadn't hit his strike completely at Michigan, but I think it'd be a mistake to try to get rid of him and find somebody else better now at this point. Yeah. Uh, he just he's got to move forward with his offense. I mean, that's yeah, you know, his offense has been really boring and dull and uh, not really keeping up with the times at all. But you know, obviously bringing in Gaddis from Alabama is going to be huge. So hopefully, I mean, not hopefully, but and he he, know, for, he for his sake and for Michigan fans. I don't think he uses Shea Patterson like he should be because Shea Patterson is supposed to be a dual threat. Like people, when he came out of high school, people say like he's going to be like Johnny Menzel, and they're not using him like that. No. So like he, I there's, there's they're running big... a, they're running like a 1980 Big Ten <laughs> offense. Yeah, which is crazy because he's Jim Harbaugh's a quarterback, and um, I mean maybe I missed it, but like I felt like they've they've run spread before, but maybe maybe I just missed it. Like at Stanford, did they run pro? Yeah. Yeah. No, they did. I mean, it worked too. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I understand like he's been running this system for a lot of his career and it's worked for him all for a long time. But at the same time, when you're playing at the highest level and you're playing against the best teams in the country, you have to make adjustments and you have to uh, kind of get away from, you know, your comfort zone, I guess. Yeah. That's one thing why Nick Saban is such a great coach because he adapts and evolves over the years. Unlike some coaches like Les Miles, he, he stayed, he kept his offense um, outdated and never really evolved. And that's why it was never a great offense um, over right. the last years of his tenure. But um, that's a, one big key point that, I mean, coaches, coaches, head coaches, I mean, like you try to tell a head coach, like, hey, your offense sucks. It's outdated. You need to change it. Like, no, no head coach. Most head coaches aren't like willing to listen to somebody outside um, to change their offense based on somebody else. So it's just kind of kind of unique. Well, I mean, it's another thing too is like most of these coaches, you know, you don't really think about it, but most of them have been like really successful up to that point. You know yeah. what I mean? Like otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten that far. And I think a lot of times it's hard to get away from you know what you've been successful doing in the past and what you know has worked for you before. Yeah. Um, same with you, Holt here. Um, JB mentioned that Michigan slash Oklahoma could be a uh, contender for the playoff here. Um, outside of the SEC, I know you were for SEC besides Ole Miss and maybe Auburn or another team, maybe Tennessee. I don't know, but and then you hate Big Ten. But outside of the SEC, you still like you still like watching good college football. Um, Oklahoma has had a high-powered offense over the years, and this year they finally have uh, Jalen Hurts. Not finally, but they have Jalen Hurts, so which is a former SEC guy that everybody likes. Are you going to be silently rooting for Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts because of Jalen Hurts this year? Um, I mean, I'll kind of root for Jalen Hurts, I guess, but I'm not going to like cry if they lose or anything. I mean, I'll be pulling for him. Um, I'm obviously like just like pretty much everybody else. I just appreciate the way he's handled everything and wish that everybody was kind of more like him. Um, but. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm definitely not going to be pulling for Oklahoma. They don't need any more wins. They don't need any more recognition. Um, part of me kind of wishes somebody else would step up in the Big 12, but who would? You know, It'd be Texas. Yeah. The only team I mean, it would, that's the only team I can think of. But at the same time, I still like Oklahoma a lot more than Texas at this point. You know, it's crazy to me that Oklahoma State hasn't stepped up more than they have. I mean, they're they're a pretty consistent program, but they haven't stepped over Oklahoma like I, like you would think they would because they have. Um, that Boone Pickens money that, like, he pretty much will write a blank check just to make sure Oklahoma State's better than Oklahoma. But I guess, I mean, every school has big donors. I don't know who Oklahoma's yeah. big donor well, is. Well, I mean, Oklahoma but. State just hasn't been able to recruit at the same level that Oklahoma has. And it's just, you know, it's kind of tough to overcome that talent edge on the field. Right. And then, and then surprisingly, TCU has not been able to get over the hump either since they had that breakout season with Boykin at their, as their quarterback back in 2014. Ever since then, they've kind of just slightly fallen off, and they've been consistent, but they haven't been a national contender really since then. Other SEC teams, um, which this will kind of lead into our next topic, which is um, Holt's favorite topic, topic is second-year head coaches and the uh, SEC, which this year 
Um, I think I'm right in this. There's no SEC coach that was fired this year, correct, JP? Correct. Uh, this is the I think the first year since the '90s. I can't remember exactly what year, but As first a, year I think since some year. Yeah, first time since we've had zero turnover in the SEC. So every head coach has been retained, and all head coaches from 2018 will be back in 2019. As opposed to, uh, I guess, two years ago or last year, however you want to look at it now, where like half the SEC West was – or not half the SEC I feel like it was SEC West, but like half the SEC had new coaches. Um, uh, I think it was four. Uh, we had Texas A&M. Arkansas. Uh, Mississippi State. Arkansas. Arkansas Florida. Tennessee. And – and you could count. You could technically count Ole Miss. Ole Miss as well, yeah. Florida, Florida I, can, I count Ole Miss. Florida, right? Florida, so yeah, yeah, that's, yeah you're more than I've said. I was I, at first, I wasn't going to count Ole Miss, but you, you need to because he was Matt Luke was an interim coach, so you got to count Ole Miss. So that makes six. So you know, it kind of just you know, average to the mean. You know, you had six one year, and then the zero the next year. Usually, you might average about three changes per season. So it's about right, but. It, I guarantee after this season, somebody's going to get fired out of these four teams. I don't know who. But how do you not know who? How, how do you know? Hold on. Alex, hold, hold, who's going to be the first one to fire, be fired from the SEC? Like, I'm sorry. Like, are you, you mean like of the second-year coaches or just of everybody? Of the entire SEC coaches right now. Um, I mean, honestly, I still think it's Will Muschamp. I mean, maybe it's Gus Malzahn. I think those are probably – I think Ooh. Gus Malzahn would probably be like the favorite, like if you're betting in Las Vegas right now. But – I mean, I just think Will Muschamp is just not a good coach. But they still think he's – they still like him at South Carolina, right? Or am I wrong? I don't know. Like, it, I've it's kind of been a weird thing. I don't right? talk I to South that, Carolina fans. That's a problem. Yeah, I don't really know any very many South Carolina fans. But they exist. Uh, it just seems to me like they really haven't uh, done anything uh, of any kind of note. And he's been there. I think this is going to be like his fourth or fifth year. I'm not entirely sure. Then he does recruit fourth well, year. and maybe maybe that's why they like him. Because um, he has recruited yeah, he, well, yeah, he's but he hasn't turned season. into it hasn't turned into anything impressive. So I mean, yeah, maybe maybe this year isn't the year that they fire him. But I mean, I just feel like if they go like six and six, or maybe miss a bowl game or something like that, that you know. But I don't know. I'm really surprised you didn't say Matt Luke. That's what I thought you were going to say. Well, yeah, actually, that, that's a really good one too. I don't think he's going to make it through this season. Um, yeah, that's who I would put my money on. I would yeah. not put my money on Malzahn. I would put my money on Matt Luke being the first coach fired. Man, if if Auburn does fire Malzahn, though, I think he would get, uh, I think he would get hired away pretty quickly from another probably Power Five. I would think he would get Power Five. I mean, if Kevin Sumlin could get Arizona after A and M, I think I guess Malzahn could get something. Yeah, I guess Malzahn would definitely be in the market for a good rebound job. Um, God, he would be so he, paid too. Yeah, and I think that he probably wishes he had taken the Arkansas job last year. Um, I don't know, like, how much money was on the table, but I think that would probably have been a good fit for him. But, uh, yeah, you know, I guess I guess it just depends on his situation and where he wants to live, but I'm sure someone in the Power Five would be willing to hire him after – even if he struggled this year. So what I'm most excited to see this year from, I guess, second-year head coaches – and the SEC is um, A&M's rise with Jimbo. I think they're going to – I mean, they're, they're top 11 and the, they're number 11 in this poll, which I don't consider this poll really valid. But I think that will hold true when the actual polls come out in August. Um, I think they will be preseason top 15. I think they're a pretty good team and pretty well coached. So I'm excited about that. They do put, play Clemson this year at Clemson, so that will be tough. Probably a loss, but um, I'm excited for that. And I'm excited to see how Auburn rebounds this year. I think Auburn, again, like last year, has a lot of potential. Um, but I feel like they finally figured it out towards the end of the year, at least that, that last bowl game where they killed. I don't even know who they killed, but they killed it. Uh, they won like 40 or 50 points. And then um, also on top of that I, is Florida to see if Dan Mullen can keep it rolling in at Florida, which I don't think he can. I think it's going to be like a, a sophomore slump for Dan Mullen. Uh, so that's that's what I'm excited about for this year, for the second-year head coaches. Oh, what you got? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, like, uh, me and JV were talking about this a couple weeks ago, but second-year coaches is really a lot of time when you find out if you have a really good coach or not. I mean, if you look throughout this conference, you know, Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, um, you know, I mean, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart, yeah. Yeah, like, guys, like, the great coaches in this league have had a really big second year. You know, the first year is always kind of a wild card, but 
I think the second year is when you really show um, that you're taking that big step forward and that you're for real. So I'm really – I'm most interested, I would say, in Jeremy Pruitt just because I think he's the most unknown out of all the coaches. Yeah. Um, like uh, what happens year two at Tennessee, we know that the rank's really high in the FPI, and I think that has a lot to do with the way Bush Jones is recruited. I think that has a lot to do with uh, the amount of people they return this year. And, um, you know, it, it'll just be – I'm just it really interested to see what happens with Tennessee this year and Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney. I think they have some some pieces. I really like uh, Garantano and uh, some of the receivers they have to maybe do some things in the passing game. I can't. So, I uh, still can't believe how well they played against Auburn. Or maybe Auburn played shitty, but I think really Tennessee playing well against Auburn. I mean, Auburn definitely could have won that game, but um, Tennessee stepped it up offensively at least. Yeah, that was one of their more surprising offensive games. But, you know, I mean, I, I do think the potential is there. And just like I'm saying, I think we're going to find out this year if Jeremy Pruitt is is going to be the guy at Tennessee or if he's just going to be, like, the nice guy. Because I think if he has a mediocre year this year, uh, I'm not saying he can't turn it around, but I don't think he's going to end up being an elite coach at Tennessee if he can't get it figured out this year. But if he – you know, if they do have a big year this year, then I think you could seriously look at him as – bringing Tennessee back to uh, the glory days. JB, have you been reading the articles on The Athletic about, like, the exit interviews from the Tennessee players? Do you all have an athletic subscription? Yeah, I need to, I need to hook you up, my bad. I'll hook you up. I, I, I don't know the password, hold, but I'll, I'll figure it out because I really don't because I, do right. I do want your money. Don't worry. But, um, JB, have you been reading the articles for the exit interviews for, for some of the Tennessee players? I have not. Uh, enlighten me. Um. You're going to have to help me say the guy's name. Congo. I call him Congo, but I know that's wrong. Jonathan Congo. Yeah. But they were – it's really good because there's not just him. But there's another one, too, that they did an exit interview. It was with um, Keller Christ or Christ, whatever you say his name. Keller um, Christ. Yeah. They interviewed both of them, and I think it's just pretty cool to see. Uh, especially Congo. Congo. Whatever his name. Jonathan. We'll just call him Jonathan. Congo. Congo. <laughs> Jonathan. So it's really just cool to read because uh, for his experience, you know, he's had both Bush Jones and Jeremy Pruitt. And he, I mean, he tried to not bad talk Bush Jones too much, but he, he was kind of shining light on how it's better right now in Knoxville that Jeremy Pruitt is there. He was talking about how Bush Jones um, just had too many people hanging around the program that didn't need to be there, like too many like people on the staff, like assistants or stuff like that that just weren't doing anything there. So I, was, I didn't get to finish it all because I was reading at work and I had to do something else. But I looked at it for a little bit. But you should read it, JB. You'd probably like it, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I think Pruitt's definitely uh, got his culture, you know, pretty much established. He's getting, not established yet, but he's getting it established. And like Holt said, you'll we'll know a lot about Jeremy Pruitt in year two. He's got a lot of returning pieces. I mean, Garantano, I think, is poised to really break through this season under Jim Chaney and another year under that offense. I think the offensive line needs to show some improvement from last year. But – I mean, he's got some really great receivers to throw to. I mean, Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, and Josh Palmer might be one of the best trio of receivers in the conference. So that's going to be great for him to work with. I mean, the Tennessee team has a lot of potential to be pretty good. Uh, their schedule is a lot softer than last year. I mean, I would put their ceiling at about maybe nine wins, but in their floor at about six. But to really show some improvement and show that you're really moving on up, they need to probably win eight games. But – I think seven games at this point is reasonable. And I think uh, Florida and Texas A&M both um, are really interesting as well because I think uh, Texas A&M especially, I think, has a chance to kind of a breakthrough year this year um, with all the talent they have and all the talent they're bringing in. And then, you know, Florida is a kind of a question mark for me. I'm, I don't really know how, how I feel about them. I like them, but I'm kind of cautiously optimistic at the same time. I still don't really believe in Felipe Franks. Yeah. But – uh you know, I mean, those those are two teams to watch out for as well as second-year head coaches. We need to start the Emory Jones movement because I, I I am also tired of Felipe Franks, as as is probably most Florida fans, or maybe not, but I think they should be. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, he had a couple, like, feel-good moments last year, like that comeback against South Carolina. And, you know, he scored a – ran in for a touchdown. was, like, beating his chest and, like, you know, pointing at the crowd, being like, yeah, talk crap about me now. But it's like, you know, you're still not any good. Like, I mean, sorry. <laughs> But like, a couple. You can't just have like one good game and all of a sudden yeah. you're a good quarterback. Like it doesn't work like that. A couple other things to point out before we get into rapid fire. Um, Missouri's at 20. Uh, big thing to watch out for them this year is to see how Kelly Bryant is there. Is going to be there for the quarterback. Obviously, they can't go to a bowl game. 
because um, I guess they're the only team that I've even forgot what it was. Like there's, there were students taking classes or tutors taking classes for their athletes. I don't know. Um, but it, I guess they're like the only one that got caught basically. Um, but I think it'd be fun to watch Kelly Bryant play at Missouri and see what his motivation looks like. And then um, other teams not listed were Vanderbilt, obviously. And then Ole Miss, which I don't really know what to say about them. <laughs> it's been a tough year for them, both the teams. But uh, there's Kentucky. It'll be interesting to see if they can get back to a bowl game after they had such a great year and they lost so many people. And then there is Arkansas, who won two games last year, maybe, or one game. I forgot. But it'll be interesting. Two games. Two games. It'll be interesting to see how what their offense looks like in year two because that's the name of the game for Chad Morris. And um, I don't know for sure if you can say that he's got all of his guys in now, but he's slowly getting um, – his guys and, and Bielema's guys out, so more high-powered offense. Um, hurry up, no huddle offense. So it would be interesting to see if their offense looks improved in year two. Uh, yeah, hopefully it will. And obviously we know the quarterback transfer um, from SMU is obviously pretty familiar with his system, so that'll be fun to see. He, wasn't, he didn't like exactly light the world on fire there, so I don't think he's going to come in and be like awesome or anything. But, you know, maybe just – be able to run his offense the way he wants to run it, and he's going to be comfortable doing it. So that'll be uh, definitely something to watch out for as well. Chad Morris also, his son plays on the team. I think he was initially going to go to SMU to play for Chad Morris, obviously, and now he's going to go to Arnold. So I don't know how good he is, but um, maybe something to watch out for. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Anything will be better than what they had last year, I'm sure. Um, Any final words, JB, before we move on to rapid fire? I do not. I think we uh, not. Well, you guys have covered it. I think I've covered it. I think we've all covered everything we need to talk about. And uh, I'm always excited about rapid fire. That's one of my favorite things to do. And uh, Holt, I think you are under the fire tonight, aren't you? Under the fire. Yeah, I guess so. So JB sent me three questions. JB sent me three questions. I have, I think, ten, surprisingly, Holt. Let's see, actually, I have – Eight, so that's eleven total questions, and we can we can uh, just stop and ask more questions, however we feel. But I think the best way for this to go, JB, is for you to ask your three questions, and I'll ask my eight questions. If you're okay with that, that's cool. I mean, and if you want to stop and ask a question on top of my question, JB, feel free, and I might stop you and ask a question, hold a question on top of your question. Okay. Yep. The, you got it. The rule All of the right, game so, is to uh, go fast, though. <laughs> All right, go fast. Well, my questions I asked are pretty fast. So, all right, hold real quick. You ready? <laughs> Speak fast, real go quick. fast, 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 fast. <laughs> I'm ready, JB. What's up? All right, hold. Okay, let's go. Favorite sports brand? Nike. Mm. All right. Uh, favorite Netflix original show? Narcos. Ooh. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? NSYNC, because JT's from Memphis. Hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was quick three questions, uh, which now I have seven questions, JB. Thank you. Because <laughs> you asked one of mine. Um, quick follow up question, Holt. Favorite Netflix show is Narcos, not Breaking Bad? Well, that's not a Netflix original. Oh, good point. I, I keep thinking it was, but it was on AMC first. Um, mm-hmm. is, does Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones top Narcos? Uh, Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time. Game of Thrones better than Narcos? No, I like Narcos better. Uh, do you watch the second season of Narcos? Or not the second season, the, like the new show of Narcos? The like Mexico? The yeah. Yeah, I did. It was really good. Not so as good, good as the first. Like the first two seasons of Narcos were really good, and then the third season was terrible. And then they went – they did the Mexico one recently. That was really good also. But it kind of goes in that order to me. At what, at what point did you start getting into Game of Thrones? What episode or what season? Because <laughs> I've heard it's been seasons before. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they've had – I think tonight is actually the 69th episode of all time. Nice. So Yeah. So uh, I think it was – I was still in college when I started watching it. It was I was a senior in college, so that would have been, what, like 20 – like maybe the spring of 2014, I think, is when I started watching it. Yes, but I'm I'm asking like, did, were you from the very first episode like, man, this show's no, awesome. no, no. I did not. I I didn't start watching it until it was already a couple seasons in, and uh, I did not love it initially, but I kept watching it because 
uh, everyone was talking about it, and I kind of wanted to be in on it. So what it, Iker Iker on me. I liked it more and more. Yeah, but it I, was maybe like maybe like the middle of the second season where I was like, all right, this is getting like really good. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of dedication when you have to like wait a whole season to be into a show. But I think I, I think that's probably what happened to me. I watched three episodes of it and. It was slow, but I tried to push through it, but then I stopped because um, I was watching <laughs> something else. Um, but you know how that goes. All right, Holt, you ready for my rapid-fire questions? I, I thought you just asked me, like, three. Was that No, like, that was that was my, my rapid-fire <laughs> on top of JB's rapid-fire. He was following up. He was following <laughs> okay. up to me. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Ready? All right, yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> uh, hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. Brittany or Christina? And I hope I don't have to elaborate on the last names. Uh, <laughs> Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera? <laughs> uh, I guess I'll go Britney Spears, especially if we're talking like in their prom. I'm talking. Are we talking singing or looks? Uh, both, honestly. Both, both for Britney. Um, Christina did grow, grow, grow um, after she started. After she stopped singing, or I don't. I guess she still sings, but like when she started getting on the voice, she uh, she got bigger. Her eyes got bigger. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Destin is your favorite beach hold, but what is your second favorite beach? Is there uh, a second favorite beach? <laughs> is there only Destin? beach? I was going to say your mom. Oh, no, that's a good one. Sorry. So that's the answer. <laughs> this is your final, <laughs> final answer. Uh, I went to Mission Kirby. Beach. Mission Beach in San, San Diego is really good. Uh, but I think I've been to Myrtle Beach. Uh, in South Carolina, that was pretty good, but I, I think my second favorite would have been Fort Myers, Florida. I went down Which, there one time. Is that on the Atlantic side? That's on the Gulf side. Is that by past Tampa? Like, you have to tell me where the it's farther yeah. south than Tampa. Okay, so it's probably, but it's not it's not Miami. So it's in between Tampa and Miami, I guess. Uh, kind of, yeah. Okay, which that's like a huge span I get, but uh, I'm just trying to get get it down. Um, okay, cool, cool, nice answers. Um, chocolate or vanilla? And we're talking about ice cream. Hold. Um, <laughs> uh, it depends on if I can put toppings on it or not. If I if I have like toppings with it, then I want vanilla. But if I'm eating it just by itself, I'd really have chocolate. How about the swirl? The swirl top all for, all both chocolate and vanilla. No, I don't really like the swirl. You you told me to get the swirl at the Redbirds game once, and you said it's the best, and it was good. But you're now you're not about the swirl. Were you lying to me? I don't know. I don't remember that. <laughs> now you really said you told me to get the swirl. You're like, you're like it's the best. I have it's no the recollection best. of that. Uh, you're you're playing the fifth. What you're doing? You know exactly what you did. Um, all right. Well, was, my next question would be Nike or Adidas, but you already said Nike for your favorite sports brand. So I guess you like Adidas more than Nike here. Yeah, I do like Adidas the shoes though. <laughs> Okay, it is. Which which shoes the two could give you? Uh, he gave me the Harden Volume Twos. The Adidas. Adidas, yeah. Is I'm assuming he's sponsored by Adidas. Yes. Okay. Twins. Once two, you gonna make it to the big leagues, or has he? He did last year, but is he? Is Dude, he just quite... he pitched yesterday. Yeah. Well, I watched. I watched yesterday, but I watched the end. I watched when Mincer came in and closed it out. No, he pitched. Uh, he started the second game of yesterday. Was double Harry pitched the second game? He had like uh, last week. He came in relief against the Mets and threw like six shutout innings and had seven strikeouts or something like that. Side note: I looked up Braves prospects because I know everybody says their pitching is like their best prospects, but Tukey wasn't even their best pitcher for the prospects I looked up. There's another guy from Canada that's supposed to be really good, right? Mike Soroka. Is like nineteen or twenty or not nineteen? Is yeah, like twenty he's, or twenty-one. He's, he's twenty-one, I think. Yeah, but he's supposed to be better than Tuki. Yeah, I think they're one and two in my opinion. But but the, Tukey, you, you the, can find you can find different. I mean, different people rank them differently. But I would have I would have Soroka one and Tuki two, and I, I think Soroka is better. Like I think he's more of a sure thing, but I think Tuki has a higher ceiling. Tuki throws harder, but he has less. He has control problems, right? Yeah, I mean, not as bad as he used to. He's definitely gotten a lot better with his control, but I still I still think he's he's definitely. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say that's control problems, but my last question is very um anticlimactic, but push ups or crunches? Uh crunches. Actually second second last question because I, I had I skipped one. Bench press or squats? Um 
I'd say squats. I, I just like squats are way harder, but I think you get way more out of it. Bench press is is good, but it's not. It doesn't really do a ton for you. Like if you like you need squats in your workouts. Like I think you yeah. absolutely need them if you're trying to get like the most out of your workout. Bench press you can definitely live without. Like 100. percent Memphis, uh, the University of Memphis had a athletic trainer um, once upon a time in the under the Josh Pastner era. And he would work out their legs so much more than their arms because he said, like, all of your jump shot is in your legs. Yeah, well, makes Which sense. My belief. Um, that is the conclusion of my rapid-fire questions. Um, little, uh, little side piece, JB, I would like to tell you, I think I am unofficially converting to be a Braves fan. I think I like the Braves more now than the Cardinals. Go Braves. Chop on. <laughs> Any final words, Holt? You've been we... hanging out at the uh, battery too much. Is that why? I think I think that's what it is, man. I just, <laughs> I just think I think I just like I like the like the bull. I like I like the music. I like I like Tuki, and I didn't even know he played tomorrow yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I think I think it's just because the the Cardinals. Um, you don't really can't relate to them. I, at least I I don't feel like I can relate to them in Memphis because even though the Redbirds play in Memphis, I just don't feel like. The Cardinals are my home team, and now I feel like since I live in Atlanta, that Atlanta is kind of my home team that I didn't really have a previous connection to. Dude, JB has no idea how much Atlanta Braves baseball he's going to be watching in the next month or two, starting yeah. in the next month or two. <laughs> I was trying to figure out. That's here. right, Holt. Uh, do, you, do you know when this uh, when we're going to start watching Braves games together? Um, I don't have an official date. Um but I guess for those people listening and wondering, I bought a house in Memphis and JB's going to live with me and another <laughs> friend. And well, I don't know exactly know the closing date yet. There was a problem with the HVAC was actually older than all of us. So that has to be replaced. <laughs> it happens. And, it happens. Yeah. So we got to get that replaced and uh, they're either going to, I guess, lower the price or they're going to replace it themselves. The sellers, I mean, so once we get that squared away, it shouldn't be too much longer, but hopefully pretty soon. Hold, does buying a house See, excite you? Let me ask one question, Jabby, and then you can say something. Yeah. Hold, does buying a house excite you, or does it seem just like a whole bunch of work? It seems like a whole bunch of work, and <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure that it's really worth it. <laughs> <laughs> just give me give me this uh, box on the side of the road. I'll be good. I'll be happy. As long as you get the Braves game on, we're good. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out is, you know, because – it's so tough, like, being a Braves fan in the South because uh, they're on TV, but you can't watch them on any mobile device because you have to watch them on cable. Like, so if you try to watch them on the MLB at Bad App, it won't let you because you're in the blackout restriction. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, am I seriously going to be able to drive to the freaking Braves game from, you know, it's like, I'm like six hours from Atlanta. Like, yeah. I mean, do you expect me to, like, I mean, I don't know. I just don't understand why it won't let me. Like, if I pay for – the MLB subscription, I should be allowed to watch, like, the Braves game no matter where I'm at. Like, I, just don't think, I think you should be able to watch it, like, on your, if you had, like, for instance, I have Comcast, and I think I should be able to watch on the Comcast app. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what I need to figure out, but I don't think I'm going to have Comcast much longer. Yeah. I think I'm gonna switching, gonna... might be switching to AT&T. I don't know. Do you go DirecTV if you got to go anything. DirecTV is fine. No, nah, nah, we're, we're, we're doing, doing man, we and Holder doing cable, but, like, I actually pulled a move like you, Alex, uh, when I told Holt what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to get a AT&T U-verse and we're going to have Holt be the account holder. I'm going to cancel mine because okay. with Holt being the account holder, we, we're going to get it back to the original deal where it'll be uh, marked down for an entire year. Yeah. And we'll also be getting a $250 Visa rewards card for opening up an account. So that means we're going to be able to have $250 and we'll use that towards buying a new gas grill. Well, you also have to make sure there that will be very, very many uh, SEC slow smoke picks taken on that grill. If I had to guess, dude, I, I'm pretty excited. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm gonna buy mine in like three weeks. Uh, I have a couple, I have a couple busy weekends next two weekends, but after that, I think I'm gonna buy my grill. I'm actually long overdue because I've lived in my uh, now condo for um, two months, two and a half months, almost three months, and I, <laughs> I think that's good. Yeah. I think that's going to be one of the first uh, errands that me and Holt run after we move in and get our AT&T set up and get our card in the mail is that we will be making a trip to probably Academy Sports and buying a grill and getting it loaded up and brought back. 
I'm just curious how this this third roommate's gonna work out with y'all. <laughs> Is he gonna yeah. like participate? We'll see. Well, he says he's going to. He's acting like he's going to, but I'm, it's one of those things. I'm kind of just in believe it when I see a mode. Yeah. Um, also, JB, be careful for that uh, Comcast because uh, you may have like whenever you sign up for Comcast, sometimes you sign up for like two year deal, like where there's like a like a it's not break Comcast. fee. Oh, AT and T. It's some even AT and T. I'm I'm with them right now, but it's it's a one year contract that I'm on. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's the end of our show. I think that's the end of our show regardless because we're not going to talk about Comcast and AT&T for the next 30 minutes. Um, So it's been real. It's been fun. But has it been real fun, Holt? No, it has not. Okay. Well, either way, we'll see you all next time. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of The SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.